0: A R M O I R E dot style slash progress to get up to fifty percent off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself, honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Bravery looks different for each one of us, but I firmly believe it is something we all need to get better at trying. Now, bravery for me usually involves silly things that might not be brave at all to others. For me, it's getting on my swimsuit and going to swim. Each week, I do some laps at a local gym, and I hate it each time, but each time I get out of that water, I feel like I just won the Olympics. Yeah, that's hyperbole, but the effect of Doing that little act of bravery each week really is transformative. My guest today, Christiana Hill, is one of those incredible women who threw out the rule book to her own life because it was no longer serving her. She was doing everything by the book and realized that she wasn't happy. And she chose to be brave in a really life altering way and moving to a schoolie with her husband but she believes bravery can be something that you do as well. Whether that's big or small, public or personal, you need this transformative effect in your own life. I know you're going to love this episode, so let's turn to my time with Christiana. My guest today is Christiana Hill. Hi, Christiana. Hello.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Okay. Well, me too. This is totally a reciprocal excitement here going on. How about you start by introducing yourself to my listeners?
1: Awesome. Hello listeners. My name is Christiana. i um, so excited to be here. I own a business called The Art of Bravery, which is a lifestyle brand in a community um, helping women be brave. And right now I actually live in Tampa, Florida, kind of figuring that whole life thing out. I live in a school bus. So <laughs> my husband and I, we travel, um, we're finishing up some pro- projects and trying to figure out where we're going in life um, and where we're going in the country. So currently in Tampa and then uh, you can find me at com or theartofbravery on Instagram.
0: Wonderful. All right. We connected so well. I love who you are. I love what you're all about and the message and the heart behind what you do. And I know that it has a really wonderful story behind why you got started into the art of bravery in the first place and, and also what you're trying to help women do with their own lives and the own heart that they should carry um, behind what they're doing. Let's start with you telling us your story. Where where were you years ago before this bravery had to come into your own life and where has life taken you already?
1: Yes. uh, It's actually crazy to say it this way because it's been three years. So three years ago Mm -hmm. um, isn't when my business started, but is really when I started uh, just piecing my life back together and I don't know about you, but if you've ever had those moments where it feels like the the hardest moment of your life and you don't feel like you're going to be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for me three years ago. And so the fact that it's been three years, I'm like, I made it. I can't believe it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. But back in 2015, uh, my husband and I, we were the people who had done everything quote unquote right. We'd been checking off all the success markers. Um, we were both college athletes. We went to a really great school we got jobs and we're getting promoted and we're you know looking at houses and buying cars and all of the things that you should be doing to make you happier to you know be successful and we were extremely miserable but it wasn't really something that we talked about Um, or if we did talk about it, it was like, well, one day we're going to do this and one day we're going to, um, go on this trip or have this job or, you know, do whatever. And, um, we were just kind of following the path that everybody else laid for us. And 2015, the first six months of 2015 just rocked us. Mm. Um, just family stuff, um, you know, family emergencies with my husband and I, we both ended up in the hospital for various injuries or exhaustion. Um, yeah, it was crazy. At one point he didn't have a job. And mm. we just, each other, I remember it was June. It's crazy, it's coming up on June, um, June of 2015. And we were like, what? what the heck do we do with our lives? Mm. We just felt like everything got shaken. And so many people, when I tell my story, they think that that's the moment that we got up and everything changed, and it wasn't. It was mm. this really scary moment where we looked at each other and we said, we don't even know what we want. And even scarier than that was, we don't even know who we are. We'd spent so long, almost our whole lives trying to be people we weren't, and then the scariest thing was realizing not only do we have to piece our lives back together, but we have to unlearn the people who we've become to become the people we really want to be. And so that's been a three-year journey for us, and obviously it's a journey. We're not, end, no end game in mind, and we're not there, but um, our life is 180 degrees different. So um, Mm. changing jobs, we have jobs we love now. I have my own business, obviously. Uh, went from homes shopping for regular homes to now living in our school bus and traveling, and it's a process and it's a journey. And for us, it's it's our brave journey. That's what we talk about. Um, just how, kind of excuses and falling into routines and being afraid to be ourselves got us where we were, and bravery was what brought us back.
0: Okay, so let's let's get to let's talk about what right was for you. You talked about living every doing things right. Um, what did life look like doing the right thing? And, you know, by consequence, you said, you know, one of them was that you didn't know who you were, and you were never more miserable. Um, Mm -hmm. But Let's let's dive into what that actually looked like, though.
1: Yeah, so for us, right. And I think that family and friends and just everybody around us, they're well meaning. Um, And I think that when people say you should do this, or this is what responsibility looks like, or, um, you know, this is what success looks like, just, both Kyle and I, I was raised in the, mostly the Midwest. He was raised in the South. So we had um, just these different views of what moving forward in life should be like, quote unquote, should. Mm-hmm. Um, here. And so for us, it was, uh, we went to Duke University, which is a very prestigious academic school. Yeah. and
0: um, I assumed you so said we... that for some reason. And you said that like, yeah. you both were co- collegiate, athlete, collegiate athletes too. I'm like, oh, I wonder if it was Duke.
1: Yep. So we were both Duke athletes. And wow. all of a sudden, there's this pressure to not mm. only be excellent athletes and perform. So uh, one of the things that doing everything right was to listen to what somebody else wants for you, a coach, a school. Um, and I think that whether you're an athlete or not, anybody can relate to that, whether it's parents or teachers or yeah. um, family. Or, or So for us, it was athletes, it was school saying, stay in line, um, perform this certain way. And I think a lot of our self-worth was attached to our mm. ability to perform. So if we had a good game, we were good. If we had a bad game, we were worthless. That's how we felt.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and that was all really self-imposed. But um, right for us was listening to what everybody else wanted for us. Um, and like I said, I think family and friends are all well-meaning. But I think a lot of times we're encouraged to wear a mask. Um, mm. Things are okay. Or don't show cracks. Or don't show that you're frantically paddling below the surface trying to you know, keep your life together, and that was us. So, we never told people how we were feeling, we just performed and put on that face um, of everything's okay. And that was true as an athlete, that was true in our jobs. Uh, we're not parents, but I would imagine that had we continued down that path, that would have continued as parents, too. Mm-hmm. Um, people that you're struggling or trying to keep above water.
2: Hmm
0: it seems like you were living a life by a prescription and it's not one that was really serving you. It wasn't helping you. Um, How did you break that prescription of the life (laughs) you were supposed to live? And what did it look like to discover or to create your own prescription of what was spelling happiness or fulfillment for you too?
1: Yeah. So I think, whenever we hear these like rags to riches stories, it's always um, this, everyone's like, I made a decision or like like, really glamorize it. And it was not that way for us. Yeah. Um, So if I can, Bit of pressure off to make it feel like this whole unlearning or figuring out your own prescription is supposed to be this beautiful process. If yours isn't, mine definitely wasn't. So we're we're no, friends I there. I
0: love to hear that. I that's what I I think we need to know that because I think people yeah. think oh you just have one point where you're like enough and then suddenly you're into this new life. That's yes. not the case.
1: Not the case at all for me, and it's funny being six five, so I really relate to the idea of growing pains.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: That's what it felt like. It felt Uh, like constant single day growing pains. uh, And in a lot of ways, it was almost like throwing a tantrum with myself um, because my eyes were open to the fact that life is short. Life is precious. Uh, 2015 taught that to me. But at the same time, um, I felt like I wasn't ready to unlearn. Like I couldn't kind of like if you've ever seen those pattern books where it's like stare at this photo long enough and you'll see a giraffe. Um, all of a sudden I was seeing the giraffe and I wanted to unsee the giraffe and it was glaringly obvious to me every single day that I would not, uh, that I would act in ways that wasn't me. So maybe it was not sharing my whole heart or my husband likes to say that I use really flowery language. Sometimes he's like, if you want to say no, you don't say no, you speak in a circle so that people don't realize you said no, but you did, (laughs) or you just say yes.
2: Mm.
1: And so it was like this process of You know, like seeing the giraffe, I couldn't unsee all these ways in which I was living my life for everybody else or trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And so it was growing pains for me um, and really just these tiny, seemingly insignificant acts of bravery, everything from decorating our home the way that I wanted to decorate it. Um, I kind of had like this traditional Southern style home, which is not my style at all. I'm living in a school bus and I'm a jeans and a t-shirt girl. And I had this like pristine Southern home. And so even just like looking around my house and realizing, you know, I'm going to trade in a pillow here and there. Or um, if a manager or a friend or a coworker says something and I need to say no, I need to say no, even though that's really uncomfortable. And so figuring out and listening to my intuition um, and really relying on my faith throughout that process uh, was hard. It was it was growing pains for sure. Um, But I think it started for me just. First of all, being willing to open my eyes and having awareness, because you can't fix what you don't know is broken. Mm. Um, yeah. And reading and and really, like I said, tapping into my faith, um, which I had fallen away from. So there's a whole bunch of things, but mostly just opening my eyes and seeing that pattern for the first time.
0: Like you said, it's it, it can be painful because you're seeing this thing that you don't want to see anymore. You're seeing uh, it's painful to not... To know that you're not fitting in anymore. Now, yes, you talked about that mask a little bit. It's like you want that mask on because it's comfortable and it's not scary. It's something you can hide. It's, it's something you can hide behind. So to to put it away, it's like, well, what's underneath? Like you've been saying, I had to come back to who I really was because you didn't know who that was anymore. So you talked about small acts of great bravery that helped you rediscover your intuition and your faith and who you are. So can you share some more examples of what bravery looked like for you, both small and big, and that moved you towards being able to own the person behind the mask?
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite, um, kind of like the favorite phrases that I have in my business is don't rise to the occasion, rise to every occasion. And I think when people think about bravery, we often confuse heroics and bravery. So we think that it's like marching on Washington or standing in front of a bullet or fighting terminal illness or something that's just this really brave action and we don't see ourselves as being brave. And it's not, those people are, hero, are heroes, they're heroic, but I think we have to realize that bravery is in the everyday actions. It's in sharing our whole heart with people. So like I mentioned, I was a, a perfectionist people pleaser. Uh-huh. Um, lots of athletes are. And yeah me, a tiny act of bravery was um, just being able to say no when I meant no and and no meaning somebody asked me to do something that was really just going to overstretch my time, my energy, um, my effort. Like if I could, I just couldn't do it before I would have said yes because I was worried about what they would think of me or am I going to let somebody down and as I was saying yes over and over and over again, I was actually letting myself down, mm-hmm. um, putting myself out there in ways that I didn't need to be doing that. So a small act of bravery was learning how to, learning, learning to say an empowered no. Mm-hmm. So not only am I saying no, and, and the first step was saying no. So I guess if we're talking about tiny little steps, the first step was saying no and being totally afraid in the process. Mm-hmm. That was for me uh, the ability to rise to a little tiny occasion. And then eventually it was learning how to say an empowered no. So not being so scared or worried about what the person was going to think of me and instead saying, this is my boundary and I love myself enough to say no in this moment. And if they don't get it, that's unfortunate, but I have to stand up for me. Mm. Um, So no was a huge lesson that I had to learn. Um, Being able to share my whole heart with people. So my thought on certain issues, I had gotten so used to being the person that everybody needed me to be that... In a lot of ways, I kind of was a chameleon. Um, And so I would assess a room and I'd look at a room and I'd say, okay, who do I need to be to be liked or loved or fit in? And so realizing that I had to stop doing that. And I think all of us can sort of feel in our gut a little bit. As much as we sometimes don't necessarily realize we're wearing a mask, there's always that feeling like something feels off.
2: Uh If I were
1: to act differently, I don't know if I would fit in or if I would belong with this group. And so figuring out what that feeling was. Um, That was another rising to a little occasion. And I found that as we do these little things, we say no, we act like ourselves, we share our heart with people, we're vulnerable. Being vulnerable was so hard for me, saying I don't know how to do this or I'm scared. Um, that was a way to rise to every occasion and the more that I did that, the more the big scary moments, the rising to the occasion moments felt like I had prepared for it. A lot of times when it comes to rising to every occasion. We don't realize that it's, it's these seemingly insignificant acts. And I always tell people it's kind of like watching grass grow. You don't realize that it's actually growing until you leave for a week. And then you're like, what happened? I've got to mow the the lawn again. Oh Um, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) It's like so seemingly insignificant. You're like, Christiana is really, is wearing red lipstick actually going to help me be brave? Well, if it's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, then absolutely. Uh, oh, or even yes. saying hi to the barista at Starbucks. I use that one all the time. I'm like, if you are uncomfortable talking to people, go exchange two or three lines with with the barista at Starbucks and pat yourself on the back for an awesome act of bravery because that was pushing you outside of your comfort zone.
0: You know what, though? That is – it's absolutely that. I mean, any – that's how we change. I, I totally relate to what you're saying because how I've gotten to where I am – and I'm not just talking about, like, the things I'm doing. I'm talking about the things I who I am um, and being comfortable with who I really am and taking off that mask. It's all been these small choices and it has mm-hmm. been the literal lip- lipstick. <laughs> yes. It really has for me. I mean, those little things matter. I love yeah. that.
1: It's it. And people always laugh and they, they'll throw these little tiny things out there like, well, what about this? I'm like, if that's brave to you, that's brave for you. I remember when I first started, um, I had a business before, and it was in the life coaching space, um, but I hadn't named it The Art of Bravery. And The Art of Bravery was actually born because I got so frustrated with people thinking, oh, you live in a school bus, and you have a business. You just must be one of those brave people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it was these little tiny things. are like The actual start of The Art of Bravery, I decided to cut my hair short
2: mm-hmm. because
1: for the longest time my whole life, I had multiple hairstylists say- Christiana, you're 6'5". You have really broad shoulders. You cannot have short hair because you won't look feminine. You won't look like a woman. Hmm. And for me, an act of bravery was cutting my hair short and being comfortable with who I am in my skin. And it was a haircut, like just a haircut.
0: (laughs) It matters. I mean, that's still part of our identity too, you know? It's just like taking those steps to own a part of you is really empowering. I mean, I had a woman on the show – she, she's behind Katie Oldham. She's the, uh, behind the beauty bureau and she got yeah. out of postpartum depression by putting on red lipstick. That was the first, that's how she first got into makeup period was just, that helped her feel a little bit better. Like helped her get out of the darkness each day, just putting on lipstick. I, I and it might seem silly. It's not like we're saying go get a makeover. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the key here is, is taking a step to trying to figure out who that is. And that's, that's having a little bit of fun or creativity or exploring. Um, what's, I mean, what's something that this can build towards though? Like for you, it, it started as a small acts. Um, mm-hmm. what did it build to?
1: I think ultimately my major goal with what I was doing was to live a life where I wasn't settling. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that every woman has to live in a school bus or have a business or, you know, stand up with Oprah and give some sort of big speech. But I think a life where you don't settle is realizing I'm using the gifts that God has given me. And I'm doing what I'm here put here on this planet to do. And I just keep thinking of all of the men and women who've, Impacted me along my journey and it was because they refused to settle in life They refused to stay behind and they decided to use their gifts that I was then encouraged and prompted to use mine And I think that we're all so connected and so as I talk about bravery and living a life where you don't settle It's so cool because it just connects you to the world around you It gives you purpose and it helps you realize I was put here for a reason when I use my gifts somebody else can use theirs and what's better than a life where you can look back and say, I didn't settle. I, I d- used every single, you know, arrow in my quiver. I did everything that I could. And I think that you can look back and be so proud of that. That's all I want.
0: And isn't it interesting that you not settling actually look like breaking the norm and yes. not doing the <laughs> exact right path that you thought was right for you or that you were supposed to live by? Um so I love that. I like that. I like that that's where it I took you.
1: It, it's so true and I think one of the big things um when I started down this path is I pendulum swung and I think that that's equally as unhealthy. So I was at first the perfectionist people pleaser and then when I was like, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, do this my way." I pendulum swung the complete opposite direction to the rebel. And it was like, <sighs> I wasn't even listening to myself. It was just whatever the rule is, I'm going to break it. So <laughs> you want me to corporate? I'm going to leave. You want me to make X number of dollars a year? I'm going to make less than that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, break a rule, which is equally as unhealthy because I still wasn't listening to myself. I see. And so mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways going your own way or doing what you're meant to do, sometimes it'll mesh up and other times it won't. It's just being able to discern the difference.
0: So I'm going to put you on the spot here, but you talked about finding our purpose, how we each have one. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of listeners really believe that idea, but they also struggle with seeing it in themselves. And part Mm -hmm. of me thinks we do that as a kind of a cop-out. Like we're saying, oh, I I don't have one, or I don't know what my gifts are, or I don't have any gifts. I think that's the biggest cop-out. When it really is, you're just too afraid to find them. You're too afraid to give yourself a chance because you're worried about exposing other things underneath there that you don't like or... I don't know. I have a whole lot of thoughts on that, but before I ask you about that, I wanted to see like, what is your purpose? Are you? Do you think you are at to the point where you can, you can like say it? I think that
1: purpose shifts and evolves, and so I mm. think that if we tie ourselves down to one purpose and we hold on to it, it at some point it becomes an anchor that holds us back. Oh, I just think that we. Yeah like people, we just change too much throughout the course of our lives. Heck from, you know, breakfast time to dinner time, I'm changing. But I think whatever you feel like your purpose or your gift is in this moment, you have a duty and a responsibility to use it because that is how you get to the next stage.
0: Okay. I'm so glad you said that because I, this, is so, this is a topic I love to talk about, but I also don't know if I can say in two sentences what my purpose is here on earth to do. Like specifically, I, say, I don't think I can either. To be totally honest, well, but... that's what I'm glad you said that because I think that's what also is holding us back is this wrong idea that we have that you ha- that it has to be spelled out and permanent. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right. That's not the case. It's going to ebb and flow. It's going to shift. Um, someone I really like to follow is Courtney Kendrick, and she talks about being a shape. Sifter or shifter, sorry, shape shifter. Uh And I just, I love that idea because I think that's really what we all are in the end. We will all be shape shifters if we are giving ourselves that room and grace to do that and see where it takes us.
1: I could, I love that. I could not agree with that more because it's, it's so true. When we get locked in, in any time in our lives, when we get locked into a career or locked into an area of town or like whenever we're just in one place and we're stagnant, we're unhappy. And so I think purpose has the, the, I don't know, I don't want to make it sound gloom and doom, but it has the ability to do the same thing. If we get so locked into it, either as like a fear thing, I'll never be able to get there or as like, this is the only thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life, even if other opportunities come my way.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. 100%. So how are you able to help women? gain this bravery what What is? what have you taught women that have, has worked for them as they're going through this process themselves
1: I think if I'm working with somebody one-on-one I like to say that this is my superpower I actually just wrote a blog article on this and I was being totally serious and I think people thought I was kidding but I really feel like I'm somebody who is constantly dealing with self-doubt um feeling like a burden to people around me it's just something that I've always had to work through and continue to work through but when it comes to other people it's like I don't see any of that and I just really see what people are good at Um, and I love affirming that in other people um, in seeing their gifts and so when I'm working with somebody one-on-one being able to help them almost immediately identify just something that they're good at because I don't think that we're told that enough. We're often reflected our flaw, like people reflect our flaws to us or what we could improve on. And we do that to ourselves more than anybody else. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: how often does somebody tell you over and over and over again what you're good at? So one-on-one, that's what I like to do. And then if it's something more passive, like a blog or I, um, I help people with like I've journaling and art journaling and all of that, um, I like to help them discover that for themselves, which I think is even more powerful in some ways.
0: So for someone who maybe um, isn't your client or maybe um, they're not going to do coaching right now with anybody, what's some way that you would recommend for them to be able to figure out what their gifts are and what they're good at?
1: I think I'm a big advocate in some sort of personal development work. And so I kind of, when it comes to like bravery and figuring out what your gifts are, I really have a three step process. Um, and I think so many people, they think, okay, here's where I am right now. I need to change my life. I want to live a brave life and I want to use my gifts. And so they immediately jump to taking the action in their external life. And it often is an action that's actually taken out of fear. Like what happens if I don't use this gift or am I going to fall behind or, hmm. um, you know, I, am I going to disappoint somebody if I don't use this? And so my three-step process, the first one is cultivating a brave spirit within yourself. I think that's the most important. That's your foundation. Uh, and what does that look like? Um, So that's tapping in, figuring out what your gifts are. Sometimes it's taking off the masks first, Um, but step one is brave spirit or sorry, step. Yeah. Step one is brave spirit. Step two is bravery in others. So being willing to share those gifts with others, being willing to speak your mind, um, being willing to share your, your purpose or what you think is your purpose with the world. And then step three is living a brave life. So taking those action steps in the world around you. Um, And so first step when it comes to the brave spirit, I think that it's all about, um, reflection, introspection, uh, journaling, um, and being willing to just try things out. I think that so often we feel like we have to know our gifts and immediately be like, okay, uh, this is it. And I'm going to use it. Like just test it out a little bit, test the waters, um, explore different options for yourself. So I really think that just the awareness, the introspection, and then just being willing to experiment, try some things.
0: Yes. Ask um, other people. Okay. Those are two things I was going to say. I was going to say perhaps getting curious and ask someone that you love and that loves you, um, but also will be honest with you and say, Hey, this is what I think you're good at. (laughs) Um, and that you can believe them because they have a history of being honest with you, not just telling you what you want to hear. Um, that would be um, super influential. And I was also thinking, i oh, be curious about what gifts look like.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think, I don't know about you, but I am the first person to brush off compliments.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: if someone's like, oh, you're so good at this. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. And I think that we don't realize that compliments can be the very thing that's pointing us. Like this is the arrow. This is the shining arrow right here. This is your gift. And it could be anything. It could be the way you talk to people or um, something silly, like, not silly, but, wow, you're so great at planning parties. There's a gift in there. A lot of people are telling you that. Figure out what it is. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think one of my weird gifts that has come to fruition now that didn't really have any purpose for a long time was my ability to talk to random people. (laughs) Yes, I I use that all the time now, but. My husband used to joke that strangers would tell me their life story like everywhere we went or that I could just talk to a cashier forever. I don't know. I was a weird gift that. for a long time.
1: It's, it's so funny because to you it might seem weird and I feel like to anybody else that's watching that can't do that, it's like, oh, I wish I could be like her and just open up conversation with the cashier at Chipotle. Like
0: I just I do that. Right. I know. It's it's one of those weird things. But at the same time I feel like I'm also one of those people that I need to be alone too. And I found that's also a good strength too. To like need, I don't know. It's kind of fun. When it's a fun process, isn't it? When you decide to do it with curiosity instead of fear, like you're saying. Like I must find my gifts or I'm gonna waste them or I don't know how else fear can come into play there. But w- when you're doing it with this, let's have a little fun here. I think you're better yeah. able to Are discover like them. Pardon? Are, do you like
1: Myers-Briggs at all? Personality types?
0: Yes. I don't remember anything I am on there, though.
1: Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. think I've tried a few I, times. Does INFJ ring a bell to you? Probably. <laughs> so.
0: I can't he, hold those things in my head. Like, those acronyms. I can't. They, they yeah. go. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I forget what acronym means what? Yeah.
1: I I'm, I totally have done that sometimes. I'm a Myers-Briggs just junkie. I love it all. Yes. Uh, and me, even just like getting curious about personality types opened up a whole new world because I'm very much like you. I present as an extrovert. I love talking to people. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. But when I do it for a long period of time, it's like my whole body shuts down and I have to retreat because I'm a true introvert.
0: Oh, me too. Yeah
1: yeah and I always thought there was something wrong with me I'm like why I feel like an awful friend because everyone's hanging out and I just can't and I was like this is actually a strength of mine this is a gift I can understand people on such a deep level but it takes a lot out of me so that's okay I just have to take care of myself better just
0: have to re-energize that's that's what it is okay yep well, I feel like I'm talking to the 6'5 version of me um, who's living on the opposite side of the country and in the school bus, but this is pretty – it's, like, kind of freaking me out. Um, but I'm loving this, and I'm still learning so much, too, from you. Um, I wanted to ask you two more questions before we say goodbye. The first is this piece of vulnerability that you've brought up a few times. I wanted to tie that into relationships Um, Mm -hmm. because this is still a hard piece of the puzzle for me. And I'm talking about like the most important relationships. Like for me, it is my husband and I still struggle showing him my chinks in the armor. You know, I still want to present this perfect version of me. And that doesn't really work (laughs) in the long run. So how has that looked in your own life?
1: Um, I really... I don't know. I mean, totally a God thing. My husband, as much as I try to present this, just flawless armor to him, he sees through it in a heartbeat. Mm. And I uh, lately, just with, you know, life throws you curveballs. And as glamorous as living in a school bus and traveling and having a business sounds, the past May for me was just a really hard emotional month.
2: Mm.
1: And vulnerability. As much as I tried to just hold it all together, a vulnerability to me looked like telling my husband multiple times, I need help. I need to talk to you. I um, I know that relationships are all about coming to the stage or coming to the the table as equals and sharing with each other. But I feel like I'm at a point in my life right now where I need to take a little bit more than I can give you, and I hope that that's okay. And he was very honest and open and, and so willing to do that because we were talking about it. And there have been times in the past where I tried not to show any flaws and it felt like there was this tension. Like, um, I don't know, like he could just tell that there was a lack of communication or there I was tense and he could feel it, but he didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, um, vulnerability is hard, but I think it's so important that we find our people. And be willing to share with them. And I don't think everybody deserves to hear our whole heart. Yes. Um, I think we should always be ourselves. But not everybody deserves to hear our whole heart or our whole story. Because they might not be ready for it.
2: Or oh. for it.
0: Well, you're so right there. I mean, that's why I think people are afraid of being vulnerable. Because they think they need to get on Facebook and share everything. But you brought in a new piece of the puzzle there. Being vulnerable is also sharing um sharing those moments with someone you love and who loves you about needing to take more than giving. And I think in the end, you're, you're giving them a a great gift of letting them serve you and, and bring you up so that you can in turn do that for them later on. That's, that's, that's true intimacy. You know, that's, that's a two way street there.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I feel like you can't have that vulnerability if you have the mask on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like we forget to take that mask off, even amongst ourselves. Like if you've ever gone to sleep in your makeup, I do this all the time. It's awful. <laughs> I wake up and it's just like I have mascara running down my face, and I feel like the longer we keep this mask on. Sometimes we're like, "What do I even look like without this day-old mascara on?" Like we don't even know anymore. And with my husband, it was like I just finally I had to admit to myself that I was just feeling sad or feeling down or feeling confused or whatever it was at the moment. Um, but take the mask off for myself and then open up to him. And like you said, just be willing to not only share the burden, but realize this is a time when I need a little bit more. I need to take a little bit more and I'm willing. It's took me a long time to get here by the way. So this is not, <laughs> not something I'm yeah. a champion at. uh, but willing to ask for help. That's a huge one vulnerability for me.
0: Oh, so good. Okay, Christiana, here's my last question for you um, that I love to hear. There's so many different answers. It can be really serious or it can be totally not. It's up to you. I like to ask, what have you learned about yourself the past few years?
1: I love this question. On the more serious mm-hmm. side, um, I think that I've realized that courage is a choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I there are moments in life that are going to be scary and they're going to feel hard, but you can always choose courage. Um, and so that is something that I've learned. And, uh, even if I fail at it, I try to choose courage the next time. Um, so that's kind of a more serious thing that I've learned, but on the more positive side or not positive, but on the more, more humorous side, Oh my goodness. I, this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like kind of on the Disney idea, anything that you dream is Mm -hmm. possible. I never in two years, in the past two years, would have ever thought that me six five, husband six seven, that we could fit ourselves in a school bus. Like that just sounds bizarre, <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's there's nothing that's impossible if you just dream it. And so we figured out a way to do it. So I'm carrying both of those. Courage is a, is a decision, and uh, anything that you dream is possible.
0: Well, you have just ah. Uh... I don't know. I like want you to just take over the podcast. Do you want my job? You're really good. You taught me so much. I can't wait for my listeners to learn from you, Christiana. This has just been excellent. I can't thank you enough.
1: Saying thank you so much for having me on. It's, I feel like I, I have another friend all across the country, but it's just been so great. And I'm just so incredibly thankful.
0: Thank you. Isn't she marvelous? I really enjoyed getting to know Christiana. She is one of those people that we talked and within 30 seconds, I felt like we had known each other much longer. And I love that about this podcast. I get to meet so many cool people. One of the things that stood out for me is when she said bravery is what brought us back when she and her husband both felt lost in their perfect lives. Have you ever felt that way? Just lost in the life that you were supposed to live? Now, bravery doesn't mean you have to go move and to a schoolie like Christiana and her husband did, but I want to challenge you to find a way to be a little bit more brave in your own life to step outside the box of shoulds you've put in your life and live in a way that is richer, most definitely a little scarier, yes but 100% more fulfilling. I promise you just a little act of bravery is going to trickle down into your life in other ways that you would never have guessed. It has for me. It led to this podcast and now other things. It's just crazy. So be a little more brave. And I'd love to hear how the next week I will be posting on my Instagram page about this episode. And I want to hear from you how you are applying these lessons in your own life, because this This is not just to inspire, it's to inspire you to change and to grow and to love yourself. It's all those things. This is a community, so join in the community and share and support each other. You can find me more on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress. Now, before I leave today, I want to remind you that my goal is to reach 500 ratings and reviews, as well as 500,000 listens by my two-year end in early November. It's a big goal. You can help me by doing two of the following things, uh, leaving me a review on iTunes or on your podcast app. If you have an iPhone and it's super easy to do so. And the second way is to just share this. If you love this podcast, don't be quiet about it. I need you to share it because I can only do so much. I only know so many people. If you, um, if you've been shifted, if your life has shifted because of what you've heard and what you've practiced from the guests that you hear or my solo episodes, Make sure you're not the only one who's getting the effect of that. For those of you who have supported me so much in these ways, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I so appreciate you. Next week is when I will have Nina Warburton on. I think I mentioned her last week, uh, but I messed it up. I'm so sorry. That's why usually I don't always say who the next week's guest is just in case I've messed it up. And I did it this case. So I'm sorry, Nina. She's going to talk about how embracing your inner child like who you used to be, will transform your current adult life, and how to embrace your own children's inner child, meaning what they are naturally gifted in, what they are interested in, the strengths that they have that we don't need to push aside as and make them grow up too fast. You're going to love that interview too, so tune in next Wednesday for that, and until then, take care of yourself.